following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. everybody and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. You've got Billy and this week I'm lucky enough to be joined by podcasting legend David Rosen from the Piecing It Together pod. How you doing, mate? I'm doing all right, man. How's it going over there? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) What have you been up to? Uh, End of year podcast stuff mostly. (laughs) I mean, it it never ends. It really doesn't. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. So it is what it is. Well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this film, The Matrix Resurrections. Before we get yes. into it, let me ask, are you a fan of the original trilogy? I am a fan of the original movie. Right. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people I, I recently, that opinion. <laughs> yeah, I recently rewatched the uh the entire trilogy, you know, in the lead up to this and I I think that the other two, and maybe we'll talk about it more later, but the other two aren't as bad as I remembered, but uh, still not that good. Uh, But the original, one of the best movies of the last 25 years, probably. Yeah. See, I like the original, but I'm one of those rare people who isn't like crazy in love with it. I think there's a lot to like about it. But so I made the decision before watching this one to not rewatch any of the others to kind of see okay. how this feels as as like a reboot for people coming in fresh. The answer is not good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a weird thing because there's like a lot going on. There's a heap. So let's get into it then. Matrix Resurrections is a 2021 American science fiction action film produced, co-written and directed by Lana Wachowski. It's the sequel, as we said, of course, to The Matrix Revolutions is the last one and the fourth installment in The Matrix series. It stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lambert Wilson, Jada Pinkett Smith, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, and Neil Patrick Harris. And what is it about, David? It is a, uh, well, a continuation of the Matrix series, which, of course, is about a uh, computer-based world where uh, robots have basically imprisoned our minds while they uh, farm our energy uh, in <laughs> weird sci-fi futuristic settings. Um, and, of course, a the one in the form of a Keanu Reeves who can fly and do all kinds <laughs> of fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, this time around, we are going back to the world of the Matrix after all these years, and a lot has changed, a lot has stayed the same, and uh, there's a lot more, I think, on the mind of Lana Wachowski than just simply doing another Matrix movie. There's a lot here. Yeah, there is. So, did you make the decision to go see this in the cinemas, or did you watch this at home on HBO Max? Oh yeah, I, I'm you know I'm a cinema purist, and I had to see this in the theater. <laughs> uh, which unfortunately, there's not a lot of show times to do that because of Spider-Man: No Way Home. Which, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's a very fun movie, but uh, you know it's kind of ridiculous. But luckily, I was able to find an IMAX screening of this, and oh, nice. uh, so I got to see it that way. I ended up just watching this at home. I had planned to see it at the cinemas, but. I, th- I think you got it on the 22nd over there. Here it didn't come out until yeah. yesterday. So okay. um, just timing-wise, it didn't work out. So I made the difficult decision to watch this at home. So I guess we'll see how that affected things. Let's get straight into it then. How did you feel about this movie? Broad opinions. Were you excited going in? Like, did you have high expectations? I was... Uh as nervous as I am going into any, uh, I guess they call them legacy sequels nowadays. Yeah. These, you know, after many years going back to a, a franchise, and especially because of how much I didn't like 
you know, two and three. I was just like, I, I don't see how this is going to work. I don't know if it's going to be good. Something in the last couple of weeks leading up to it, though, part of it is a really good trailer. Um, and, and part of it is maybe I just got got the vibe that something different was going to happen in this movie rather than just being just a regular regular old sequel and something kind of gave me a little bit of hope that like maybe this actually is going to turn out really good and so i i got very excited uh in the lead up in the last couple of weeks and i luckily was not let down okay that's interesting opinions on this film have been so kind of polarizing some people love it some people really hate it i wasn't sure which way we were going to go here yeah i personally did not enjoy this movie a whole lot okay i i finished watching it literally about an hour ago i had to split it over two sittings because i started it yesterday (laughs) and an hour and a half in i was like i need to take a break from this (laughs) yeah um it's a lot it's a lot of movie that's for sure it, it is a lot and to be honest even though i didn't enjoy it i think i am going to have to watch it Again, because as you Mm. say, there definitely is a lot there. I think my thing with it is I feel like there's, it's one of those movies where there's a lot there, but nothing really happens. And Mm. I was surprised. I, I did not like the first half hour of the film. There's a lot of very meta talk going on. It feels almost silly. Like it feels like it's wanting to have its cake and eat it too, where it's making fun of nostalgia, but at the same time, every five seconds, we're getting a flashback of the original trilogy. And mm. there's a lot of fan service, even though the movie seems to be poking fun at that with the whole concept of, you know, there's even a line about, oh, War the Bro- Warner Brothers is making us do a sequel. <laughs> right. And I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty bad. <laughs> and yet, by the end of the movie, I was like, wow, I think the first half hour of this film is what I liked the most about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, and and it definitely it definitely requires a taste for meta commentary um yep. because if you don't buy into that you're just not going to like this whatsoever, especially if you go into it just hoping for an action-packed sequel to that big gigantic blockbuster sci-fi hit The Matrix. Yep. Um it, it's maybe not going to be for you, you know. Yep. Um and I I certainly understand the um having their cake and eat it too criticism. I think the the cynical side of me wants to say, uh, sure, Lana Wachowski wants to you know make fun of sequel culture and where things have gone in, in the years since the Matrix and everything that we expect out of blockbusters and all that. Uh, but to do it from a hundred and fifty million dollar blockbuster put out by Warner Brothers yeah. is like you know it's like eh, come on you know yeah. can you really can you really say that much if that's where you're doing it from? Yeah. But at the same time. We never get anything like this, like ever, ever. I don't think there's been anything since, and I don't think there will be anything afterwards that uses that platform to just just really kind of attack its audience and attack the way that people have come to expect, like, basically the same old, same old from every single franchise and to, you know, just be fed fan service after fan service. I mean, again, Spider-Man No Way Home, very fun movie, but (laughs) I mean, it is just like, is this what you want? Here it is. Just take mounds and heaps of it and, uh, and it works. Everybody's happy, but I like seeing something different once in a while. Yeah. Let's start with the cast then. So, obviously, there's Mm -hmm. a couple of returning players here. Uh, I mean, the entire world loves Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Yeah. And I think 
he's serviceable in this movie. I think he's about as good as Keanu Reeves ever is, which is sure. Inter- like it's hard not to like him. Like whether or not you think he's a good actor, he's he's got a level of charisma that comes through the screen. I think. Yeah. And I think he's he's really really good in this role. Um, as I think most of the cast is, I don't think there's a really bad performance. I find Neil Patrick Harris a little bit of a weird choice, mm-hmm. but I don't particularly love the character either. Um, <laughs> I mean, where were you on the, the cast at large? I like the Neil Patrick Harris character, but I do think he's a weird choice uh, as, as the actor. And I don't yeah. think he was necessarily bad in, in the role. I just think there's never a moment in the movie where I'm not like, oh, that's Neil Patrick Harris. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's <laughs> it so hard to out. break out. It, you know, like, he's just one of those names that is too big and it's unfortunate for him, but he... It's like when you see Matt Damon do all of his million cameos and you're like, well, that's right. Matt Damon. <laughs> There's Matt Damon. He's in this movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's really hard to break him free of, and especially these days, Barney Stinson, I guess, is kind of what people sure. most recognize him for. <laughs> I think so. I yeah. think so for sure. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I mean, Keanu Reeves, he's Keanu Reeves, like you said. It's kind of hard to like separate him from his kind of persona. He's- always Keanu Reeves and yeah. he's, he's good. And Carrie Ann Moss is really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought was a great addition to the cast. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a very difficult line to walk when he's, he's not the, the character that we love Morpheus, yeah. but he, you know, is walking in those shoes and it's, it's a very weird thing. It all plays into the whole meta-ness of everything here. Um, and that, like that decision from the get-go, I think was going to, you know, ruffle a lot of feathers with fans of this series. Yeah. And, but it, it does make sense though, narratively, like it, it makes sense why he's like this different character and why he's played by someone else. Um, it's just, it's definitely hard to kind of wrap your head around, I guess. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great people in this cast. I mean, Jessica Henwick as Bugs is really fun. Um, I mean, she doesn't really do that much but uh I, I, she's a, she's a good addition though and jonathan groff taking over the agent smith uh you know th- I, another one kind of like yaya is like you know do, i'm sure from the outside looking in it's like you know why but at yeah. the same time it's it's all there you know maybe maybe you need to watch it a couple times but it is all there why they have these different faces now yeah Oh yeah, and Jada Jada Peak and Smith being in it again was uh, interesting. I, at first, I actually had to get up and uh, go pee, um, and when I came back, she was on screen, and I was like, "There's no way that's Jada Pinkett Smith." And th- then they they said the character name. I'm like, oh, "What? Well, that's Jada Pinkett Smith?" Right, cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. I I find it a little weird. I personally didn't love Jonathan Groff, and I think mm-hmm. he I think he's a fine actor. I think he's He's fine. I I think a lot of my issue comes down to the writing. Um, but again, maybe I need to watch it again. I just found myself incredibly bored in the film. And mm. for me, I didn't feel like- I felt like the stakes were well off. Um, mm-hmm. And I did not love the- direction of the film as far as particularly the action sequences i'm not i'm not a huge action guy i'm just not i don't like i'm not a massive mcu fan um i don't like the john wick films i'm like the one person in the world who doesn't okay but the original matrix film is like what it did do was redefine the genre and it it brought you know, martial arts to a much more Western culture as well. The, you know, the fight choreography in that film and the editing and pacing of those scenes was spectacular. 
did how did the film look in IMAX to you? Because I I did not like the look of this film at all. I thought the visual effects were quite ropey, and I thought the fight choreography particularly, and I think that's why I liked the film less and less as it went. The last hour in particular, it's like an extended action sequence with zero action. <laughs> and mm. and I would have liked it to have, like kind of pick a lane, either be an action film or be a thinking man's film, but it's kind of trying to do both and failing at both for me. Obviously, you mm-hmm. had a different experience. How did the film look for you in IMAX and were you a bit more engaged with it? Well, I think some of that is very fair. I mean, you know, he, you know, it's been talked about how he doesn't shoot any guns, Neo, and yeah, the entire yeah. thing. And that certainly takes away from from the action and is a choice for sure. Um, and I think, I think you're right about, uh, you know, this movie is trying to be in both lanes at the same time, action movie and thinking man's movie. And, you know, maybe that balance could have been struck a little bit better. Uh, but I don't know. I thought it looked good. It, it definitely, uh, it, it, you feel the CGI a lot more. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel as, as, as well put together in that sense. And then of course I, I you can't, you know, you can't even compare, uh, the, the fight choreography between the original matrix and this. It's like, it doesn't even, yeah. it, it doesn't even stand up whatsoever, but at the same time that just didn't bother me. Okay. And I yeah. think, I think part of that is because I was having so much fun with, again, the, the meta-ness of the story. And to me, that's really the main thing that makes this movie stand out is the story and uh, the commentary on on Hollywood and on blockbuster filmmaking and on sequels and all that stuff. And so I, I think that it just didn't, it didn't bother me. It's serviceable, the action sequences. And as far as how it looked... I don't know that I really noticed it. Not I, I've seen this criticism a lot, actually. I, I've seen a lot of people say that the CGI doesn't look good, the, the uh, cinematography doesn't really look that good. Um, to me, it, it looked good, and I, I don't know if it was seeing it in the theater versus seeing it at home, or if yeah. it's uh, just my expectations, or just the fact that I liked everything else about the movie, so yeah. that just didn't bother me. I'm not quite sure, but to me, it didn't really look that bad. That's fair. I think there's there's definitely a difference between seeing something in a cinema. I, I'm I'm like you. If I can see something in a cinema, that's always mm. my preferred. I just love the environment of being in a cinema, and yeah. <laughs> there's just nothing like it. And when you see something in a cinema, it does often up my my score for a film by at least one or two marks, just because sure you have more fun and you're more engaged by default. It's not like if you get a little bored in a part. It's not like you can pull out your phone and have a scroll. Like, yeah, well, which, some some people can, but well, yeah, that's, that's, that's n- no good. There's a special <laughs> yeah. layer in hell for people who do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just like people who take their shoes off in the cinema. It's just, it's, it's a dud move. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I can definitely... I can definitely appreciate that, and that if I'd seen this cinema in a cinema, I think I would have enjoyed it more. I I yeah. agree with you to an extent. I don't think the cinematography is that bad. I've seen that criticism as well, but I think that the cinematography is perfectly serviceable. In fact, I thought that the first, you know, third of this movie looked really quite nice. I thought this was a really nice looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the CG for me that does fall down, and you know, we're now more than 20 years since the first matrix which is a masterclass in that blend of of practical and cg effects yeah. and it to me it's just sad that here we are so far later and this movie looks so much worse <laughs> like about well it, it really makes you wonder how that 
150 million supposedly budget, like how that was allocated because yeah. it should by all means look really good exactly. at that kind yeah. of a budget, you know. Yeah. Um I I I think if this movie was, you know, 80 million or even 100 million, I think people maybe wouldn't complain so much about the CGI, yeah. but yeah, you know, at the, at the price that it's at, it should look, you know, it, yeah. it should be a, Perfect. Yeah. Like I, about five years ago, I was working at Animal Logic, which is a large visual effects house in Sydney at Fox Studios there. Mm. And they, you know, in the 25 odd years, whatever it's been since, they've won Oscars, multiple awards for different films and stuff they've done. But their pride and joy is still that one of their first films was The Matrix. Like that's still, nice. that's still like their big thing is like, we worked on The Matrix. <laughs> And yeah. to me, it's just it's just sad that this movie really doesn't look that good. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the meta-ness of it, and that to you, that's kind of like what it's all about and and stuff. But mm. like I said, to me, it's just a weird move for a big Hollywood film like this to be kind of ripping on that. And I'm so curious to see where this goes. Like, if this now becomes a trilogy doesn't that kind of just take away from the commentary that it's making? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I I don't think we will see that happen. I mean, a, as we know, I mean, it's been somewhat I think reported that that Warner Brothers wanted to go forward with this without the Wachowski's input yeah, and that's yeah. that's part of the whole thing is that Lana was like, "No, I'm doing it myself." And then part of the movie is commenting on you know, the fact that the machines, Warner Brothers, were going to do it, on, yeah. you know, on their own. And I can't imagine her being roped back in for more of these. I think this is like one and done. I had this one more thing to do in this world. Yeah. And that's it. If they did do sequels, I do think that that would absolutely hurt and cheapen the, <laughs> the idea of yeah. it. But I, I just can't imagine that happening. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Like, it's... I, I don't know. I think it, it's rare for a film that's not leading up to be a franchise to have a post credit scene, for starters. Mm -hmm. I think that's an odd move. But again, maybe that's part of the commentary on right. on how prolific that has become with, with franchise films. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to give her too much credit, but there's a lot of odd choices that I think could- in one way or another, be wrapped up into that commentary. Like, yeah. Where, where it's like- you kind of got to wonder like every single step of the way if everything was planned out to be you know quote unquote not the best decision because it's a years later sequel yeah <laughs> like, well, it's true know? i would actually i would love to rewatch this film in five years time and see how i feel about it then and whether my opinions changed if this because if i certainly didn't feel that for me that's what the film was going for but if this mm -hmm. truly is a satire piece as opposed to anything right. else I can see myself very much enjoying this in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think like what, one of my big uh, comparisons that I would make on like a piecing it together episode would be like cabin in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, just a, a movie that is within the genre, but at the same time is totally poking fun at its own genre and celebrating kind of the ridiculousness of that genre at its, you know, at the same time. And I really think that that's what she's going for. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk as a musician yourself. What what were your thoughts on the score for this film? I, I personally, I think it's serviceable. I don't think it's memorable. Mm -hmm. I don't think it holds a candle to the original Matrix score. But I I think it's fine. I liked the score quite a bit. I I I will say the original Matrix and it's kind of 
it's a little cheesy the score but at the same time it's just so charming and awesome for its <laughs> yeah. time and and i love that score i did realize on my recent rewatches that one of the things i dislike the most about the sequels is the scores uh, right, of yeah. those sequels it's especially reloaded i feel like they dialed it back a little bit with uh revolutions but um i feel like this score is much better than those sequels um but yeah it, it's 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 hard to touch just just how fun the score was in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it's perfectly serviceable, but I'm yeah. not I'm not going to I'm not going to remember this. But to be honest, I don't feel like I'll remember this film in half a year's right. time. <laughs> right, right. And and I I think I think that's fair even though I loved it. I one thing, I think I'll remember this film and I think I'll I'll bring it up and people like me will bring it up, you know, for years to come. I don't think it's going to have much of an impact on much of anything in the way that, you know, the other Matrix movies did. Yeah. And I, I think it's like this weird standalone blip that's like, you know, to me, a flash of brilliance, but I think it's not going to be a part of anything going forward. What are your thoughts on the the box office for the film then? You were saying that it was, you found it hard to find sessions due to No Way Home. I yep. mean, what do you, what's what's the vibe like in the states at the moment with cinemas due to COVID? Because I I was shocked to see how well No Way Home did. Like, right? I knew I it was. We all were. I knew it was going to perform well, but it was shocking to me how well it did, given the landscape that we're in at the moment. Um, yeah, do you? It's insane. Do you think that that is in part accountable for the? really poor returns on Matrix Resurrections, or do you think it's still COVID or what? what's going on over there? <laughs> I think the thing that sucks is that we'll never be able to separate it and know for sure with any of these movies what, you know, the problem was. There's, of course, the same day and date uh, HBO Max, which I know a lot of people who stayed home and just yeah. watched it on there. And yep. that's fine. I mean, again, you know, we are still in the pandemic. And so it, I, if that's how people feel, you know, safest, that's what they should do. But but yeah, I mean, there's so many things uh, that are kind of working against it. And I, I don't know if it would have done, you know, that much better in a non-COVID world. But, you know, they couldn't have just kept pushing it. I mean, this movie had to happen at some point. And yeah. of course, the release date was like perfect with like the whole palindrome thing, the 12, 22, 21. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, they had to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, no, I, I, I do think Spider-Man, you know, just continued to cannibalize like most, if not all, of the uh, box office for this past week. And, you know, movies, even in non-COVID times, movies don't have much of a shelf life anymore. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I don't think next week we're going to see much of a big difference. It'll just go down 60% or more, you know, and yeah. it, it kind of just is what it is. We're, we're living in really tough times for movies and movie theaters yeah it's interesting i'd love to see like an academic study done on this because as you say you who knows and you can blame a million things but you know like dune for example i was so shocked when they made the decision to drop that on hbo max the day before it was released in cinemas i was like yeah. wow are they trying to bury this movie and yet that <laughs> ended up performing you know, fairly well, but mm -hmm. Spider-Man shocked me. That was just crazy. Yeah, I, that's we're gonna have to study that for like years. How that happened? I mean, it just goes to show if you give people exactly what they want, like yeah. nothing but what they want, they're just gonna show up and be happy. And yeah. uh, 
again, that's part of what Matrix Resurrections is making fun of. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true, I guess, yeah. The only other thing that I would kind of mention is I do think that this movie, like when I went and rated it on my letterbox, like I do think it's a really hard movie to review mm -hmm. specifically because of all that meta commentary and whether or not you know, the messages that I'm getting from it are exactly what it, are, are meant by the film's yeah. maker. And, yeah. and also whether or not everything that maybe doesn't quite work, you know, can be attributed to servicing that whole idea, the whole meta idea. And so it definitely makes it like a really weird film to review. And like, even like going forward, I mean, I, this is my second favorite Matrix movie, but almost by default because I don't like two and three very <laughs> yeah. much, you know? I, I suspect but there's going to be a lot of people with that opinion. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, it, it makes it just really hard to review and to even like fit into the conversation, even though it's very much a Matrix movie. I mean, Neo and Trinity are there, you know? It's like, it, it certainly is what it is. But um, yeah, it just becomes like a, a strange thing because it's almost like this like alternate you know, experience just kind of shoved into the matrix world. And so, and I love it for that, but it definitely makes it a hard movie to, uh, to review and talk about within the, the overall conversation about the series. Well, that's definitely true. So, I, I mean, I guess that brings us to how are you scoring this film? Yeah, that's exactly what makes it so difficult. But, uh, I, I ended up landing on a four out of five. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if that even means anything. <laughs> it's like I'm, I, I almost feel like I'm rating the idea of it more so than the movie itself. And yep. I don't even know how to rate the movie itself. Yeah, but, right. but yeah, that, that's where I landed though. Four out of five. I mean, we had very different reactions then because I was a four out of 10. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. To me, I, I, I felt this movie was subpar. And again, I think a lot of that comes down to we saw the movie the same way but differently like we got the same sure. things out of it but you kind of felt an intention which i felt i was missing that intention to me it felt sure. more like poor filmmaking whereas to you it seems like maybe it felt more like a statement and if i rewatch it and get that reading i can i can see my score going up significantly but to yeah. me it really felt like a straightforward lega sequel and mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm so concerned that this is the start of a franchise. Like, <laughs> and if it does that, then it will make this one even worse in hindsight. And if if they make sequels, I will drop my imaginary four stars to like imaginary <laughs> three ish. See, something. but here's the here's the problem: is it's it's again, it's like that discussion about box office returns. We'll never know if there is no sequel. It could just be because this one performed so poorly. Doesn't necessarily sure, yeah. mean that there that wasn't the idea. So, yeah, I don't know. Look, I didn't personally love it. I'm not giving this a recommend, but. I, at the same time, can kind of feel like there's no point even saying that because if you go and watch this movie, you're going to watch this movie. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. the majority of the world has seen and loves at least the first Matrix, if not that whole trilogy. So, you know, go see this at least, <laughs> you know, see yeah. where the story goes next. But And if you ever do rewatch it, I'd love to hear if some of that commentary kind of comes out a little bit more for you and if you kind of get a little more on its wavelength but it might not happen you might still just be like yeah no yeah. it's just not as good as the other matrix movie <laughs> could happen yeah yeah well, thank you so much for joining me can you tell everybody where they can find piecing it together and, and all the other stuff you do 
Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, people can find Piecing It Together on all the major podcast apps and at piecingpod.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at piecingpod. Nice. And you've got a new album out as well. Yeah. Which is like a soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have a bunch of albums that I put out. Um, are, they're all instrumental music uh, inspired by my work scoring films. But this most recent album actually is a film score that I uh, I did a few years back, but the film actually never came out. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> can I just release this thing as a, you know, a lost soundtrack? And, and the filmmaker was like, yeah, sure, go for it. So, uh, yeah, it's called The Dissection Table, and it's available on my website, bydavidrosen.com, and also on Spotify and iTunes and all those kinds of places. So, uh, yeah, check it out. It's The Dissection Table. It's under my own name, David Rosen. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me, man. It was it was awesome to chat about this film and, and to get a different perspective on it, too. I really actually enjoy when um – when you can talk to someone who liked something that maybe you didn't or vice yeah. versa. And it's, it's, that's one of the things I love about chatting film. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. No worries, man. All right. Well, later on this week, um, on Monday, uh, I'll be chatting with Sam Hurley covering off on our top five films of the year, which is, is always a fun one. And, and of course, we'll also be doing our top five films of 10 years ago, so 2011. And I was shocked to realize how few films I'd seen from that year. So my list is a little bit trash, I'm sorry to say. Uh, and then next week, um, Noosk will be back on the show. We'll be looking at Don't Look Up, which I'm really excited to see. Have you watched that one yet? Uh, I did. I just watched it last night. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Eh. <laughs> it's, an, it's another one that's been really polarizing. So yeah, it's it's not terrible, but uh, I, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, right. I just, it's such a insane cast. Um, oh, I know. So curious to see. I've been, there's been talk of you know Leo being nominated again, but then you hear people say it's not that great a film. I'm just so curious. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think the cast is great. I think Leo's great. I think Jennifer Lawrence is great. Um, I, I love the idea of it. It just doesn't come together for me. But okay, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I'll be curious. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedthing.com or wewatchedthing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedthing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedthing, and I'll catch you next week. You're still here? The, the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watched a Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash We Watched a Thing. Go watch a movie.